0: this morning, things have shifted. We just came back from a weekend retreat with married couples. I told them in New Cross a few minutes ago, these retreats, we never encountered it in Christ with Tabernacle. Because what God did on these retreats, I wish every married couple would be there. I'll be calling those who went to be coming now to share with you. God has shifted us into a new dimension. But of course, I also decided that I will allow some of the tapes, clips, to be played so that, you know, we can have a feel of of it. It was incredible. But having said that, I will address one of the issues that is very, very contentious in the body of Christ on earth today. We, uh, Before we go ahead, I will will first want to say that all ordained pastors and elders, we have booked your turn for next year. And you must pay 50 pounds by force and by fire. (laughs) By force and by fire. Because I will be the collector general. Because... He that a good thing and it not a sin. If I know what will better your life, and I share it with just a little among you, I am not fulfilled. You know when Apostle said that we had some encounters, you know we got it. I will say that uh, for the first time I can say there is no part, no aspect of marriage that was not covered. I could say that, though it was short time. But I was able to, you know, crush many things, giving information to people which they can go home and then develop and they can implement. But it covers from, you know, beginning of marriage, relationship between husband and wife, you know, affection, you know, responses to affection, you know, the romance life, sexual life of couples. How to manage all your time with husband and buzzers. Really, what does sex mean? Where did it come from? Why did God create it? What are the powers embedded in it? And how can it be used judiciously to enhance holiness in marriage? We look into potentials in husband and wife and how husband and wife can bring the two synergies together to better their finances to better their children to better everybody around them. It was very, very deep. Very very deep. So those of you who are elders and pastors is composed with some of you who are professionals, if you are a deacon, I will compel you. We treated law, the aspect of law in marriage and we treated also the aspect of cooperation and collaboration in marriage. I believe that everybody who went they have legal information in their fingers to protect their estates, to protect their business, even information about how to form contracts. It happened that currently I'm just finishing my last model on international uh, contract laws, you know so We were able to use all the knowledge we have there to give them. Those things, they will have paid lawyers to get information from them. And of course, lawyers may not be able to relate that with the spirituality. So this weekend was full information. So next year, book book now. And I intend also to go to all the prophetic voice ministers, churches. The letter is going to them next week so that they can subscribe. But for next year, I will cap it to 100. And the rest of the, of the spaces, we will block it for those who will marry between now and next year. Really, now, if, anybody will, if I wed anybody, you will sign a contract with me that, on the condition that the next retreat you must go. Irrevocable. And I will, will also agree in that penalties to be paid for revocation. It will be exact amount of what that thing will cost. Hallelujah. Because it is good. You know, some Christians don't understand about marriage. Many Christians don't. Even bishops and general overseers don't. Alright? And when you know this, I taught them to know and to teach. Marriage is pleasurable. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verse 9, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. This is your only portion. Come on, let's see it. Let's read together. Uh huh. Uh huh. They've given me something. Amen. Amen. This thing is nowhere mixed. I don't like it. Reduce the volume of this one please. This is not an appeal. No, it's not an advice rather. Neither is it an appeal. It is a command. I have enjoyed my life with my wife whom I love for 34 years. And we have been together in this boat for 44 years. If there is any priority that happened to me in this world apart from salvation, is my marriage. Amen. That's the reason why I will not look old until I'm very, very old. Amen. I don't have stress from any woman. I have glued to one woman inseparable glue from heaven, hallelujah, do you know the reason why the devil cannot touch me, that is one of the reasons, we found out today, this weekend, that the devil can touch and mess up a believer, because of ignorance only, now it will take me to continue i'm still having too loud voice please reduce your master better i don't want ambience when i minister now let me say this to you and i i have been teaching you for the past two weeks from easter period really on the three things the cross of calvary did for you number one colossians chapter one verse fourteen It says God had rescued us from the dominion of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his son. In whom we have forgiveness of our sins. We recognize from this scripture therefore that everybody who is born again, you are not under the jurisdiction of Satan. Anything that belongs to you because you have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and you have been translated into kingdom and i help you understand when i was teaching you the legal meaning of the word dominion and the disparity between dominion and kingdom so therefore that validates the second thing that the cross of calvary did which is the book of colossians chapter 2 verse 14 have cancelled every written code that stands opposed to you with their regulations, he nailed them on the cross. That second thing tells you and I that every statutory laws of Satan and subsidiary decisions made by principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness, they have no power over you when you are born again. So the issue that some witches are after me, throw it away. What determines what is after you is who you are after. (laughs) Can you think in your mind that 1,000 goats can decide that we are fed up of all these lions in this forest? Do you know what we are going to do? We are going to attack each cub and kill them one after the other. And all these lions, all these um, goats, God themselves says together, with all their formidable power, and they multiplied by a thousand and about ten thousand goats. And then they began to trail a cob. Because they saw the cub walking, you know, playing about, and they said, this is a loan. And they surrounded the cob. And when they surrounded the cob, and the cob saw that these don't look like lions, and he tried to escape. And all the goats went up like they used to. You know when goats want to hit, they will go up like that. Isn't it? So when the goats went up, the cubs shouted, Aah! And then the lion had, and the lion responded, what do you think will happen to the goat that was standing there? It will freeze. Somebody will pause. Because if the goat was so stupid as to bring that his horn down, between the time that he froze and the head was down, his neck would be under the mouth of the lion. So what lion will do is that he will wound as many goats as possible and tell the court to practice how to strangulate them. Is Jesus Christ not the lion of the tribe of Judah? Do they not represent Lucifer as a goat? So there is nothing 1,000 goats can do with a lion. Therefore, having counseled, Every written code, either it's on witches or wizards or powers of darkness or anything, they have no dominion over a saint of God. Somebody say amen. amen. I have shown you that this word is true. By going to them where they are, in their villages, and I told them, kill me, please, I want to die. And they couldn't use their charms against me. They attempted it, some of them that was stupid, they decided to attempt it, sent a bird to kill me, and I had to look at the bird, I commanded life out of it, and the bird came down from the, the cloud, dead. Not by anointing, but in the name that is above all name, even the name of Jesus Christ. Let me say this to you, therefore, I welcome you to the paradise of the freed, you didn't get what I said. Yes. Tell somebody, I am, I am free. Romans 8, 1, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the law of spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and yes. my Lord. Listen, therefore, third thing the cross did for you. Verse 15 of Colossians 2. Having sound? Every principality and power, and he made a public show of them. So every weapon the devil has, when he turns it to a Christian, it is non grata, he cannot work. This is the inheritance of those who fear the Lord Isaiah fifty four seventeen. No weapon for the against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. This is the heritage of those who fear the Lord and their vindication from me says the most high. Does the Bible lie? So now let me ask you a question. Why is it that though the Bible gives those promises and yes, some Christians are afflicted by the same Satan? This is what I want to begin to help you understand. Why is it that the devil destroys marriages of some Christians? Why is it that the devil destroy finance of some Christians? Why is it that the devil des- destroy destiny of some Christians? People who have identified themselves with Jesus. Now, today, I want to treat only one aspect of it. Okay? When I looked at the whole scriptures, I found out the reason. It's in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. Let's read it together. Look up and read it, please. Shall we? Revelation says, Blessed are those who read aloud the word of this testimony. Now, shall we read that scripture aloud? It says, but I'm afraid that just as as Eve was what? As Eve was what? By what? Then what is happening thereafter? Look, let me say this to you. The Bible says here that the only thing the devil does to Christians is to deceive them. is to deceive them. Deception is giving you a counterfeit information. Let us dive into the ocean a little bit. We treated this on this weekend concerning marriage. I won't be able to talk much about that. I have told you three pillars of life don't deceive yourself pillar number one don't deceive god don't deceive man when a christian deceives himself he will present himself as what he is not okay do you know the consequence of that year will pass over you and you will soon wake up to your real self in regrets I know some people who, when we were young, they would be boasting of the degrees they have had and they have never been to university. And a few years after, those who went to university, we started getting jobs and we are asking them, when will you work with your degree? A few years after, they came to a shore where they felt it was too late, We whereas the rest of us have started ascending the ladder. To deceive yourself means to pipe for yourself regret and frustration for the future that is inevitable. The same thing in the spiritual. If a believer deceives himself and presents himself as somebody who is very close to God and you are not, storms of life will prove you. (laughs) The devil will prove you right or wrong. But then the second pillar is don't deceive man. When you deceive man, what happens is that man will assume that you don't need their help because you have presented yourself to them as somebody who doesn't need such help. So every help from man will evade you. But when you deceive God, what happens? Satan destroys you. Deception therefore comes not just to somebody who is not rightly informed but somebody who has been rightly informed but then somebody came and lied to you just to make you disbelieve the truth that you have believed and you have that across the church of God globally today therefore I'm going to zero into one predominance predominant issue that is facing the church of God which is the sin of sexual immorality the sin of sexual immorality. I will really teach you deep on this because the Lord had told me to write a book on this now. Because there is so much great confusion in the church of God globally when it comes to the issue of sexual immorality. But I will take you through a precept of what sexual immorality is. We understand here that the weapon of Satan against Christians in every aspect is deception. What is the origin of sexual immorality? Matthew fifteen nineteen. It says, "For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander." Write this down. Origin of sexual immorality. Origin of sexual immorality matthew 15 19 for out of the heart comes evil thoughts the bible begins to say that evil thoughts have its root from the heart of man this weekend we were able to treat the difference between your heart and your mind your language and your speech and how you can use those things to better your life in marriage that's what we, we dealt with but here Let me help you understand this. Jesus said, out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts. And then he began to list the evil thoughts. The first evil thought he mentioned was murder. The second evil thought is adultery. The third evil thought is sexual immorality. Fourth, theft. Then, false testimony. Then slander and the likes. Now, if you look at the word thoughts. Thoughts can be suggested by three spirits. The spirit of man. Your spirit speaks to your mind, which is your thought thinking. The spirit of God speaks to your mind, which is direction. Direction. The spirit of Satan and his intelligence here speak to your mind, which is deception. Therefore, if we look at the scripture here, it's telling us murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. They are equal in weight because they are equal um, uh, sin. So, somebody committing sexual immorality is as a murderer that is being sentenced to death. It's like an idol worshipper. Really, I will say, if a Christian is living in adultery or fornication, that Christian is worse than an idol worshipper. Now, what is the reward of sexual immorality? Write it down. The reward of sexual immorality is blows and disgrace. Blows and disgrace. Proverbs 6:23 to 35. I read from 23. For this command are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the correction of discipline are the way of life. Keeping you from the immoral woman. From the smooth tongue of the wayward wife, do not lust in your heart after her beauty, or let her captivate you with her eyes. For the prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread. Listen to this and the adulteress prays upon your life, anybody who is involved in sexual morality, it reduces your ego. It reduces you to a loaf of bread, so cheap. Then adulterers will prey upon your life. If you engage in adultery, you are putting your life in the greatest danger. And it says, verse 27, Can a man scoop fire into his laps without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on the hot coal without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps With another man's wife. No one who touches her will go what? Unpunished. Either you are a bishop. You are a general overseer. You are apostle or prophet or pastor. Whatever they may call you is useless. If you engage in sexual immorality. My Bible tells me. You will never go unpunished. Even if you repent you will be punished. We are going to look at those who punish you it says verse 30 men do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his hunger when he is starving now watch this yet if a man if he, if he is caught he must pay sevenfold, though it cost him all the wealth of his house but a man who commits adultery do what lacks judgment in another word they have been deceived whoever does so <clears> he <throat> says destroys Himself. The first thing is that God will punish you. Second thing is that you destroy yourself. Third thing is that you are naive. Now listen to the problem now. Men do not despise a thief when he steals to satisfy his hunger. When he is starving. Yet, if he is caught, he must pay. It didn't say he may pay. Sevenfold though it cost him all the wealth of his house that is verse 30 and 31 but a man who commits adultery lacks judgment whoever does it or so destroys himself blows and disgrace is his plot and his shame will never be wiped away throughout his life that shame will remain you know if you look at people who commit adultery and who live in adultery and they are caught in it this is what happens to them somebody may say that i'm smart let me tell you something if a man sleeps with a woman that is not married to that woman the tendency is there is that that's the way she sleeps with other with other men and the reality is that every demon that lived in her would transmit into the man, even if you are speaking in tongues they will be speaking in tongues too. And I will show you something in the Bible. The reason why the lives of Christians are miserable on earth, and Christians are always going for deliverance, if a Christian goes for deliverance, it's either you are not born again, or you are a deceiver of yourself. There is no place in the Bible that tells you that a Christian needs deliverance. Jesus says in... in, in um, John 8, if the Son therefore make you free, you are free indeed. Really, we saw this weekend that Jesus said, if two, if a couple, Christian, husband and wife, shall agree as touching anything, anything, it will be done for them. Jesus said it by my Father. Then we are Christians suffering in their marriages because you have been deceived by Satan. Let me tell you, an adulterer will never escape the devil. My father was a wizard, and I can tell you from the point of wizardry. Okay? and An adulterer will never escape the punishment of God also. When you live in adultery, you expose yourself to the judgment and wrath of God, and who will deliver you from the oppression of hell. If you are doing it now and Satan is making you feel like you're escaping, it is because he's piling up your punishment. In a short time, he will attack you, and there is nothing under heaven and earth that can deliver you. Even God cannot because you're already under fire before God. So, walk to the man or woman that Satan deceived with adultery. So stupid, so ignorant, your disgrace is inevitable. This is the word of the Lord. If there's anybody listening to me across the globe and you are under a pastor who lives in adultery, if you remain there, you have made up your mind to perish or not and to go to hell forever. Because the blinds are led the blind, the Bible says they will both fall into a pit. Christianity has not changed. If anybody teaches anything different from what I'm teaching, let him be accursed. What you are hearing from me is the true word of God. And the man who preached by the word must live by the word. The reason why a lot of Christians are having mischief all over is because Satan deceived their heads. Second Corinthians 11.3. Never forget it. Blows on disgrace, it says in this proverb 6.33. For, the jealous, for jealousy arouses a husband's fury, and he will show no mercy when he takes ve- revenge. He will not accept any compensation. He will refuse the bribe, however great it is. Therefore, the reward of sexual immorality is blows and disgrace. And how many of you know that Satan always loves to laugh at Christians? And it will, will only laugh at you when it makes you do what God says you should not do. Now, number one, two, three, four. Number four: sexual immorality have no. This, no, sorry. The sexually immoral have no place in the kingdom of God. If anybody is a minister of God and is a sexually immoral, know that he's not a minister of God. He is a minister of Satan. Even if he performs miracle, he is performing miracle with the power of Satan. One of them was just caught in South Africa recently from from women toilets. He went to hide. Can you imagine a minister who have been boasting and proud and stuff? He, he messed up in this country in England. I was in the ministers meeting in January in Nigeria when suddenly I told them that this minister of God, I see him imprisoned. For his atrocities and his wages. Last month he was arrested at South Africa in woman toilet. Why? He was trafficking women. A minister of which God? If not of Lucifer. If anybody thinks that, well, Christianity has changed, let him think three times. If Satan thinks he has taken over the church, I want to tell him that it is the beginning of his demise. We are not all fools. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> wow. Sexual immorality or a sexually immoral have no place in the kingdom of God. Whatever name or title you bear. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 to 10 says it. Do, not, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God. It means they will not enter heaven. They will not go to paradise. They will go to hell. Who are the wicked? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral nor idol, idol, idolater, nor adulterer, nor male prostitute, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor greed, no the greedy, nor drunkard, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. All these the people who do all these things can never be born again. Don't be deceived. My Bible says that they have no part. They may be ministers, but they have no part in the kingdom. They may be preachers, they have no part in the kingdom. Those who have part in the kingdom have aligned themselves through salvation with the Holy One. The Bible says therefore in Romans 12, Present ye your body, holy sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before God. This is your reasonable act of worship. There are some of you who engage in some act, and those acts are ungodly, and you insist to remain in it, you insist to continue in that way, blows and disgrace. People like that will call to God in their adversity. God is too far. He will never answer. People will gather to help them fast and pray. God will do nothing. Because it says, these people have no part in the kingdom. But it says, also in the book of Ephesians 5, 5 to 6. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Coming to church does not guarantee eternity with God. Come on now, let me tell you this. Preaching the word of God does not mean you are going to heaven. Performing miracle does not mean a validation of righteousness. Listen to me. Jesus says, not everyone who calls me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of my father. But those who do the will of my father in heaven. If you don't do the will of God, you cannot enter the arena. And anyone that the gate of heaven is shut against is going to eternal peril of hell. We can die any minute. Nobody controls his day of birth. Neither will you control the day of your death. Even if you commit suicide, you are not controlling the day of your death. It's because God permitted that means to take you. He didn't orchestrate it. You chose it. But if you refuse it, there are many people who have hung themselves and they didn't die. Because God said you will not die now. They only suffer pain for some time. Therefore, know this. A sexually immoral have no part in the kingdom. It says in verse 6, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things God's wrath is coming, it comes on those who are disobedient. So if you continue in adultery, God will punish you. That's what the Bible is saying. Even if you repent, you will be punished. Write this down. God judges the immoral marriage bed must not be defiled. Hebrew thirteen four. Marriage should be honored by all, says the Lord. And the marriage bed gets pure. For God will judge and uh, the, the adulterer and all sexually immoral. God will judge the adulterer. And you remember from that Proverbs 6 I read to you Blues and disgrace awaits an adulterer. Write this down. Sexual immorality is forbidden. Ephesians 5, 3. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. I am talking to people who are living right now in the act of immorality. If you have committed it before and you have repented, you will have suffered loss after repentance. As from those who got involved in it and repented. People who mistakenly were deceived and they got into it. It never leaves them for life. Therefore, but those who are still in need, I'm talking to. For you who have done it and repented, it's a foregone conclusion because the Bible says, Blessed is the man whose sins the Lord has covered, and blessed is the man whose sins the Lord will never count against him. Romans chapter 8, chapter, chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. But for those of you who are hearing and you have never tasted in that destruction, don't dare it. For those of you who are living in it, understand your judgment I pronounce. A day of reckoning is coming shortly, if not from now, unless you repent. God will punish all sexually immoral. First Timothy four three to eight. Is it? It is God's will. That you should be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each one should learn to control his own body. Don't say Satan deceived you. You are a liar. Satan did not own your body. You own your body. You give it to what you want. In a way that is holy, you should control your body. In a way that is holy and honorable. No, imp- not impassionate lust. Verse 5. Like the heathen. Who do not know God? Church people should not behave like un- ungodly people. And that, that is in this matter, and that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. How can you go and sleep with somebody else's wife until you can escape? How can you be unfaithful in your marriage until you can escape? Come on now, let's reason together. Is that possible for you to escape? The one who set the trap for you, the moment you commit it, your your sentence is passed, he will finish you. It says in verse 5, not impersonate laws like the hidden who do not know God. Verse 6, 1 Thessalonians 4, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men. The Lord will punish men. The Lord will punish men for all such sins. As we have already told you and warned you. Verse 7 says, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but reject God. Who gives this Holy Spirit... Listen to me. I said God will punish us sexually immoral. Number two, God will destroy the sexually immoral. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 to 17. Don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you. If anyone destroys God's temple by sexual immorality, he will be destroyed. God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are the temple of the Lord. Now listen to verse 15 of the same chapter six of First Corinthians. First Corinthians six fifteen. Your body is God's temple. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ Himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite it with a prostitute? Never. Why? Because inside prostitutes are demons. Inside a saint of God is the Holy Spirit. The moment you sleep on the bosom of those who are possessed with demons, the demons will enter into your body and the spirit will depart from your body. Because you have taken a holy thing, which is your body, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb into a demonic thing to defy him. You give God poison and he will not dare take it with you. He will not. He will exist instantly. And You'll be naked, that is the reason why Christians suffer. Some Christians, it says, Do you not know, verse 16? Or know you not that he who unites himself with the prostitute is one in, with her in body? For it is said, The two shall become one flesh, but he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in the spirit. Write this down. Sexual immorality is an idol, it's as idol worshipping. It's sexually immoral before God is like an idol worshipper. Acts chapter five, fifteen, verse twenty. He said, We should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. These are the things that make a man. Same thing like an idol worshiper. Now, I have a few bullet points to deal with. The body of man is not meant for immorality, sexual immorality. Your body is given to you not to be messed up. 1 Corinthians 6.13 Food for the stomach, stomach for the food, but God will destroy both the food and the, and the, and the, and the stomach. The body is not meant for sexual immorality. The body of man is not meant for sexual immorality, but the Lord, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Your body is not meant for sexual immorality. It's meant for the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6:18. Remedy for sexual immorality. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Run for your life. It's with your leg you went there. With your leg, run for your life. Because your adulterous partner will never be there when God punishes you and demons tear you to pieces. They will never be able to help you. Now, let me treat a little bit more on the danger of sexual morality. 1 Corinthians 10.8 We should... Not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. God killed the Israelites. Balaam tried to curse Israel in numbers from chapter 19 to chapter 24. And he could not curse Israel. But then he sent the Moabite women to join the church. That is, the people of Israel. And the Moabite women deceived them into sexual sin and God killed them by himself. Someone tells me that grace covered him so he can commit sexual sin. You are a dead man. (laughs) I feel I can open the head of man and put God into them. (laughs) I made up my mind. I cannot be overcome by Satan. What about you? (laughs) What about you? Come on now, answer me. I made up my mind that the devil will not laugh at me. I made up my mind I will not be a laughing stock in the kingdom of Satan. I made up my mind that angels will celebrate me. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit will be happy about me. As a child of God, I will always bring joy to my Father. I mean, my Heavenly Father. I chose not to be a disgrace. And I will not be defeated. Let all the devils in this world gather together their power over you. If you do what I say, they fail. They fail. They fail. <laughs> Oh, There are ministers of God But there are ministers of God <laughs> If the patient has to teach the doctor How to operate him Shame on that doctor The day you put a patient on the bed To open him Ducky and the patient say, Doctor, the name of that knife is this. That's what you use. Don't use this one. That one you are using is for the carpenter. This one that you are holding. <laughs> Have you, Doc? When patient is telling doctor that, the doctor wanted to test heartbeat. And then doctor went and looked around and he took the serene they put in to transmit water. And he put it in the heart of a patient. And the patient said, What are you trying to do, Doc? You ha- what do you have on your neck? Oh, I think you have stethoscope, isn't it? Is that not what you use to test my heartbeat? Uh, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then the doctor took a... The patient will get up and be healed instantly, isn't it? He will just be healed. He will just say, Doctor, thank you so much, I'm healed. I need somebody else. Before we pass something else into, into that body. So is a Christian... Who follows the decision of Caesar? You can't enter every territory, though the earth is the Lord's. You enter some place, they'll finish you. Are you not ashamed to be an ally of God's enemy, Lucifer? He rules the kingdom of adulterers, he is their king. They are his animals, he pulls them whenever he wants. They do His will. And you cannot say you belong to God and bind the devil, and yet you're under the devil. He will, he will make sure he strain your neck with that rope he tied on. You. That is not in Christ with tabernacle. Amen. Come on now somebody, say amen. amen. <laughs> hey, and if you are coming here to this church, you need to know that in this church we don't commit adultery. If your father, who is the spiritual father here, don't commit adultery, what are you doing with it? The oil poured on the head of Aaron is to flow to the collar. That's why the Bible says in the book of First uh, Corinthians seven, verse one. Let me see it very quickly. It says, "Now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for what? Are you afraid? Read it." <laughs> Hello. This is Paul. When I read this, I say, when I get to heaven, I will tell Paul that. I didn't follow that too, because i married. You know what Paul is saying here? He wants to spare you trouble. He said, it is good for a man not to be married. Sorry, Paul. I chose the second option. That God in Genesis created them, male and female. Not John and James. Adam and Eve. Not Adam and Steve. Hallelujah, somebody. Uh-huh. And then Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-six, it reveals God's ultimate intention, and God said, Let us make man our image and in our likeness. Alright. And it says, Let them rule. And then in verse twenty seven it says, God's ultimate intention fulfilled. God created them male and female. Not male and male, or female and female, but male and female. Forever, if they make law that we should not call female anymore, I will go to the Supreme Court and be saying, female and male, male and female. You can't make such law. I was told that in England right now, they are making laws to change him or her in the primary school. We will tell our children, a girl is she, a boy is he. And he and she. God made them both. That law is against human rights. Are we together? And I will tell my children or my grandchildren now. Say it in your school. And let anybody touch you. Then I'll put my wig on, we are in court together. Yes, yeah, so I'm preparing for them. If it is devil, I bind. If it is the law, we fight it. We fight all of you go and read law. Get ready. Because when I go to court, I want to see like one thousand lawyers behind me. Everybody with wig, we are all coming to court. So if I miss body, don't miss leg. Hallelujah, somebody. Because what are you talking about? All of you young ones now, you are giving birth to children now, or my grandbaby, and somebody will come and tell my grandchildren that, hey, you you don't say he or she. That is madness of the highest. I will not join the company of mad people. Hey, so, go to 1st 27, I'm almost finished. In 10 minutes, I'll be over with you. First Corinthians 7, I have to show you something. He said here, no, now, for the matter you wrote about, it is good for man to be, not, not, not to marry, yes. The next verse says, but since there is so much what? Immorality, each man should what? Have his own wife. Woman. That is man have woman wife. And each woman should have her own husband. Which means woman marry a man husband. Hallelujah somebody. Now let me help you understand this. This is to avoid sexual immorality because of all these dangers I read that sexual immorality cause. Yes? What about those of you who are not married? You don't have license for sex because it is called fornication. Let me help you know this. There is a lot of pressure on the young ones about marriage. And I want all of you here to listen to me, especially you parents. You young ones, you don't have to invite the whole CFT to your wedding. For food, I mean. Church, all of us must come. Either you, you, they invite you to reception or not. When we are doing ceremony in this church, if you don't come, you have sinned. Because on your own day, people came and they didn't go to eat. And if you didn't do your wedding here I am telling you As a family We come to everybody's wedding ceremony But when we finish to People will go to reception If you like Take 15 people there If you don't invite me for reception To come and eat I'm not born to be eating My duty finish on the pulpit If it is 15 people you can host for reception Take them there If it is 100 people Take them there Okay? And any parent who say, I have 100 friends, pay! (laughs) Pay for it! Your child does not have to be a pauper because you are carrying so many friends that are useless to you. The friend who didn't know what you had yesterday, when you lavish all your wealth of life over wedding and become bankrupt, they will laugh at you. Oh, how will people say they have been saying before, let them say again. How would they not say? Do you think they say good before? Let them say whatever they say. The Bible says once we eat the amount, Isaiah 55. Hallelujah somebody. I hear a clap now. <laughs> hey, listen to me. Therefore all you youth that have not married, I have told you, when I wanted to marry, I went to my father. My father said, show me your passbook. How much do you have in your account? If you don't have enough money for big ceremony, instead of going to sleep around, go to court, 120 pounds. You marry, I will come there and bless you. Anybody who did not come, is their business. Anybody you did not invite, you don't have to invite them. Who told you, did they come down from, from the womb with you? Or you hear that in the, in, the, in the membership of CFT, one of the obligations is that you must call, invite everybody to your wedding. What about if you want to do lavish wedding? Then you must have excess money. What does it profit you to spend thousands in your wedding and you are renting a house? And the money you spent for that wedding, you will have used it to pay deposit for a good flat and invite Apostle to come and eat with you. And you can't invite me now because you have spent all the money eating one day. you spent <laughs> Your life savings was eating up in one day meal. And after all of us ate, we can't remember even what we ate again after one week. The, somebody asked me, do you remember the hall that said uh, this person wedded? It's mommy. I said, which hall? And she described it, I can't remember, because I've seen many horse after that time. I can't remember the one he wedded. She asked me, do you remember the clothes that she wore? I do not remember, as long, as I just see that you are, you are wearing white. Finish. How that white looks, I don't know. And it's true, I don't know. What am I looking for looking at the clothes somebody wore? How white is white? White is white. Whether it has lace, it doesn't have lace. White is white. Even if you like, wear black to wedding. There is no rule that says you should be wearing white. We are black, we will wed you. Hallelujah, somebody. You don't have to go and buy clothes. The clothes you have at home, put it on. You want me to wed you? I am a registered (laughs) registrar. According to the law of England and Wales. You come here, myself, I am here. The Father is here. Holy Ghost is here. The Son is here. And you bring two witnesses. We wed you. The people who they match, if, if you want to match the eye. tell your daddy to kill you. Three of us will be here. Let him match the eye and bring me here. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Are you with me now? The one that they sing and sing and sing. Anybody dance, they are throwing confetti. And they are throwing all the balloons all over the whole place. It doesn't make difference. What makes difference is the life you live after your marriage. Are you with me now? What I'm interested in is that you read you graduated and I'm happy with all of you because you do that in this church what I'm happy with you is that before the married day you didn't get pregnant or your belly is big instead of going to get pregnant marry now I will give you a certificate somebody has money doesn't have money let me say this to you nobody cares about how your marriage looks like more than the day of the marriage but after you marry People care about what life you are living, they care about what house you are living, they care about what car you are able to afford, what comfort you are able to afford. We went for Marriage Seminar now. It is it is it is it is it is, it is sad. Some people say hey, we 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 can't afford it. Yes, and it's true because this year some of us are going to Israel, which cost one thousand two hundred, we are going to uh, India, which cost you six thousand or something you are going with me to Benin Republic, same people. Listen to me. If you didn't waste money in your marriage and you Im- invest in capacity building and you are earning six figures, if we go every month to somewhere, you can afford it with comfort. That's what I want of you. Or you set up big business with your money and it flourishes. If you have business, I pray over you, God will bless it. You can afford everything. The Bible says God is able to make all grace abound so that at all times we have enough you know, let me say this to you. In this weekend, mommy suggested that, ah, darling, this is so beautiful. Ah, it's a good wedding gift after 43, for the, uh, 34 years, yeah. She said, but I wish you can have it every three months. I said, that means cash. <laughs> Baby, you are talking about cash now. So my effort now is to make sure that as you excel in spiritual things, you excel in business. So the last day I sat on looking into potential of husband and wife and how we can bring those synergies together to, to set up constructive business. I have to now help them understand how business operates and the legal, the legalities of all this stuff, how you can set it up and make money. I'm treating right now international business. It is easy to have a PLC. Look, let me give you hints. Those of you who are from Nigeria. Last month, Nigerian government just signed a contract of 100 billion with India. Alright? To sell uh, these nuts. Uh, what they call the, the nut, Even, Baba. No, not cashew nuts. It's not peanuts. It's a green nut like this. Not potassium. I will give it to you. I'll put it in my book of reference. You can take that not, either you come from Caribbean, you come from Africa, go and get land. Plant it. They need it in India. 100 billion. And Christians are looking, saying they don't have money. Why can't you have money? Go to the ground and plant. I was just spoken to from from Nigeria this last week. On my last trip I went, I carried the whole church to the ground. All of you start farming for me. A company over there said, we will buy Cassava from you, one ton, 30,000 naira. I ask, how much do you cultivate an acre to get you a ton? All the money for cultivation, for harvesting, 4,000 naira. And you will sell 30,000. Now cultivate 30 acres. 10 acres, you you will make how much? 300,000. Then 100 acres, you will make how much? Okay, 30 acres you make 900 thousand. 300 acres you make 90 90 million. Really, I calculated is 90 million. For if you if you if you just sell an acre, an acre is 30 thousand, and you get just one ton from an acre. Okay, 30 thousand. 10 acres 300 thousand. Plus 10 3 million. Plus 10 30 million. So. Why are we suffering? And then the people buying it, they built a processing machine there. And the one ton they buy from you in 30,000, when they produce only Gary from it, they are making 300,000 from your 30,000. To buy machine to make the Gary, I investigate everything, It's just about 100,000. How can a minister in the church in Nigeria say, I'm suffering? It is self-inflicted. A Christian say, I don't have money. A government to, government to, lack of knowledge, they perish. And those of you who are here, who are from Nigeria, you see me after this service. For consultation fee. <laughs> okay? Some of us, we do grand wedding because we have the money. Some of you will not do grand wedding because you didn't have the money. You just wanted to marry quick. There are some of us who have been saving for a wedding before we even saw the wife. Yes? Some women have been saving for a wedding before the man approached them. So, in the day of their wedding, if they like, they can call Ijasco and lavish <laughs> Laugh the whole place. Kill several cows. Because what they are spending is just the one that fell on the ground. The money is still in the bucket. But to want to please people and become a debtor is ungodly. If anybody did not invite you to their child's wedding, thank God for it. If you want to be invited, give them money. Say, this money I gave you for wedding, but how much is it per person in the place you are hiring? And they said, it's 50 pounds. Take my 50 pounds. That's for me for coming. I pay 50 pounds for my husband or for my wife. I have 10 children. Take 500 <laughs> the children. Oh, yes. If you can't do that, don't show up. Did you hear what I said? You did not join Christ with Abanaku to be bankrupt. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me finish with this adultery stuff, Joe. <laughs> I have to help those who are young to deliver them from the hands of some people. Hey, they didn't invite me if they didn't invite you and in go. How much did you give them? You just want to go and eat. You don't want to pay. May God deliver you. Yes, I told you about the danger of sexual morality Because they died. First Corinthians ten eight. 8. Then two more. You form a soul tie with anybody you sleep with. First Corinthians six sixteen to seventeen. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two shall become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Do we see this now? Finally, I remind you. Remedy against sexual morality. First Corinthians six eighteen. Shall we do it together? Mm-hmm. Yes. Look at somebody beside you and say flee. Please. Say run for your life. Say wrong for, wrong for your life before I pray with you. I haven't taught you yet about sexual immorality. I only just give you information. I'm going to do a seminar among you on sexual morality. Where every one of us will ask questions. There are some ministers preaching today that sexual morality is not a big deal because many of them are working in it. And I stand on art to say to any Christian, if you catch your pastor, your bishop, your general vassir in sexual morality, pack your Bible and leave that place for your own life's sake. Because the punishment of God will be upon the man of the house, anybody under him will be punished. The ignorant will suffer. Many Christians are going to many churches and they are frustrated day in and day out because the is Ichabod. The glory has departed. The glory of God cannot be with a wicked man. A man who sleeps with his members is a wicked man. A man who defies the wives of his members is a wicked man. More wicked than Lucifer. A man who sleeps with another man's wife outside his church is a wicked man. A man who comes to church and then goes away and sleeps with somebody else out of his marriage is a wicked man. And God hates a wicked man. Fasting does not appease God against wickedness. What God demands from a wicked is to repent before judgment catches him up. There are some of us in Christendom, a good number of people who have been involved in a thing like that, they can tell you the stories of their loss. From 1969 till today, I have never seen a man of God who fell into sexual sin restored back to his original position many of them died by it before their time and many of them who are caught in it and the shame comes and the blow comes check them out they never get back people who have lived in good standing with god and they continue to commit adultery even having presented to people as if they are clean and stuff when God will catch up with them and expose them, they never regain till death, according to the scriptures. So, therefore, I say this to you it is better to obey God than to burn in loss. Let me help you understand this. The only thing you lose by obeying God is what? Yes. Say it loud. Yes. Say it loud. Yes. Say it loud. Is yes. regret. And the only thing you gain by disobeying God is what? Amen. Is what? Amen. Some lose regret, some gain it. May you never be among the camp that gain regrets. Amen. God doesn't want you to be ashamed or be put to shame. God doesn't want to struggle for nothing. Can you imagine a liar? Can a liar have peace in his heart? No, a liar never had peace. But of course, the gift of the Spirit is peace and joy. Amen? If I have power over mankind, every man whose wife are committing adultery, and whose husband are committing adultery, I will take that man out and give those women better men. Because a woman that is faithful does not demand a useless adulterous man. An adulterous man is a disgrace to his wife, a disgrace to his children, a disgrace to his parents, a disgrace to his family, a disgrace to humanity. Similarly, an adulterous woman. May Satan not deceive any one of us in this. Let's stand up together. We are going to pray. Our prayer is straightforward. As the Bible reveals that Satan deceives through the thoughts, for out of the thoughts came all these atrocious acts. You are going to pray, Father, protect my, our hearts and mind from the deception of hell. Shall I will just begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Every thought of adultery comes from Lucifer. Protect our hearts, O oh God, from the atrocious thoughts of the devil. Tell the Lord, I signed a messenger at the door of my heart protect my mind, guard my heart and my mind. The Bible says, God, your heart is the wellspring of life. We pray for ourselves that the devil will not have any access into our heart. He will never be able to access our thinking. Help us to present our body as a living sacrifice. Anybody that is under such spell now, ask God to forgive you for all those mess. Ask God for mercy now, so that the afflictor Afflicted hand can be stopped by God. There is no excuse to disobey God. Father, we pray for mercy, for mercy, for mercy. We pray for strength within. We pray that you will strengthen our spirit to be faithful to you. Tell the Lord, help our spirit to be faithful to you. protect my heart from deception Lord protect my mind from the devil Lord do not let the devil laugh at me any longer let us ask God every way that I ask that is ungodly deliver me from them deliver me oh God from the deception of Satan in the last days Reaffirm unto God, you are the one I want to serve. Free my soul from the lust of this world. Free my heart from the deception of this world. Everybody deceived by Satan always end up in regrets. Tell God, do not let me regret my life. My life is worth a living. My life is worth a living. My liberty is worth to be enjoyed, oh God. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. We shall not be defeated. Sovereign Lord, we bless you. In Jesus' anointed name we had prayed with hands given. Lord, the cares of this world are the thorns that choke the seed from growing. I command, by the word that we have had today... That the chaos of this world will not be able to hinder us, yeah. all the scriptures I quoted today, I send them to heal your body, yeah. I send them to heal your mind, yeah. I send them to restore your heart, yeah. every tree that the heavenly Father did not plant, the Bible says shall be pulled out from their roots, and so I command every planting in your heart that is not of God to be destroyed from the roots. I command it to be pulled out in the name of Jesus actions and attitude that lead to regret if it is found in anyone listening to me father i demolish them by the word of god in the name of jesus everyone that the devil has hooked and has bound to take them to peril i command bondages be broken in the name of jesus people that satan has veiled their faces the bible says whenever a man turns to jesus the veil is removed Men with unveiled faces reflect the glory. Every veil because they with fire in the name of Jesus. There are some who tell stories when they used to be faithful to God. I put an end to that regret in the name of Jesus. I command you return back to your God in the name of Jesus Christ. If anybody is suffering from affliction that came by sin, I declare for sins forgiven. Affliction depart in the name of Jesus. I take authority over you afflictor. Depart in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. No longer to be subject to the yoke of slavery. Every yoke of slavery be broken in the name of Jesus. Father we bless your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed with thanksgiving. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say, amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Say after me, as for me and my house, the Lord shall we serve. Liberty. Lift up your right hand to heaven and say, As for me and my house, Lord, the Lord shall we serve. Lord, say it again as for me and my house, the Lord, Lord, Franken- <Richards> the Lord shall we serve. Lord. Say it again as for me and my house. The Lord shall we serve. Put your hands together by the King of Heaven. Take your seats in the heavenly places. Let me talk to you. Just two minutes. Sit down quiet. Many of you who do not know my background need to know. My grandfather was a slave. In the country of Sierra Leone. And he became a mason. And a grandmaster. My father was a wizard in the country of Nigeria. My mother was a priestess of Ba. My family was sold to Satan. My father worked with demons and Lucifer, not with humans. He built his house in the forest because all his friends are evil spirits before God brought him to marry my mother. God is so merciful that out of this generation He brought me forth. I stand among humanity to help you know that the Bible is true to letter. Listen to me. The Bible says if a man therefore is in Christ Jesus he's a new creation, All things are passed away, all things have become new. Second Corinthians 5.17 My mother gave her life to Jesus. My father gave his life to Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus no man under heaven had laid his hands on us to conduct that stupid deliverance that some prescribed. All who tell you that when you are born again you need deliverance are false prophets. I am a living testimony. Alright? All who tell you that the curses of your generation have effect over you are false teachers. I am a living testimony of it. If those things were true, People like me will never see light of day. But then if it is so, it means the Bible is not true. But because the Bible is true, it is written. Who shall condemn the the lost elect? It is God who justifies. For there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What has been missing in the body of Christ is this. Submission to the word of God. Many people want miracle, but they do not want to serve the miracle worker. Many people want blessings, but they do not want to pay the price. God is not a money doubler. There is no miracle money. Because the Bible says the Lord will bless the works of your hand. So anybody who has been taught that there is a miracle money, they only lie to you. That is the reason why those who teach you that are the ones who collect your money. And they are getting better in, in Wealth amassed by fraud and you getting poorer. If anybody is under my voice listening to me and you are teaching such thing, the Lord told me from the month of July 19, 2017, a judgment will begin in the house of God. Many will be destroyed by the sword of anger of God. Many will be exposed and be put to shame. But the righteous will be exalted in the midst of the church of God today. And if anybody is listening to me following these people, you better run out of where they are, because when the punishment will come upon them, it will meet the flock. All these have biblical validity, which I don't have time to share with you now. But I want to say this to you. Read the book of John chapter 8 from verse 30. It says, "To so the Jews who have accepted him, Jesus said, if you continue in my teaching, you will know the truth. And the truth you know will set you free, not deliverance by anybody. Now I challenge those who call themselves deliverance ministers. If any one of you believe that you have a special power to cast out demons, let us go to Benin Republic together. I'm going to Himalayas mountains among the Hindus. Let us go there together. I think people who have power to drive out demons, what are they doing in church? The church belongs to God. We need to go to where they preach the devil, where they serve the devil, and then you will know whether you have such power to cast out devils. But I'll say this to you to everyone who believes in Jesus, the book of Mark sixteen seventeen says, And these signs will follow all who believe. In my name they will cast out devils. So the first sign for a born again is to cast out demons. So if anybody cast out demons and rejoice, Luke chapter 10 verse 17 applies. He says the 72 came back and they said to Jesus, even demons, you know, submit to us in your name. And Jesus said, do not rejoice because demons submit to you, but rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And so I want to say this to you. Every one of you who have accepted Jesus Christ, know this, you have the power to cast out all devils. As I'm speaking to you, a clip will play after my speech, and you will see one of the manifestations of the divine power of God. When I went to preach in one of the idol worshipping villages, and they sent a bird to kill me. By the authority of the word of God, I pointed my finger to to the bird. I commanded life out of the bird. And a flying bird came down perfectly dead. The witches who sent the bird came out to confess it. And we saw the hand of God destroy the powers of idol in the whole of that region. I'm saying this to help you understand. It is not by anointing. It is by simply believing that what the Bible says is true. The days are over when people looking for God have been deceived. In this season, God will be raising men and women across the globe who will not defile themselves, who will not preach for their pocket's sake, people who will reveal the truth so that gospel can be free. Maybe you are one of them, and if you are, you are welcome to the paradise of truth. The Lord bless you. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. I want to welcome those who are watching with us for the first time i'm i i